What's up, guys? Max here with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. Forgive me if I sound a little rough today. Yesterday, my throat started to hurt. Today, I woke up just not feeling great. But there is some stuff I got to get to today. I think uh, it was important to come on and cover some of these stories and promote tomorrow's episode. Uh, I think I'm going to change my, my waiting room. You know, when you guys are sitting here watching the waiting room, I think I got to update that a little bit. You know, I got that running for a few minutes. You guys are watching. If you guys have any ideas, let me know. Um, I want to say sorry that the Discord link wasn't working for some people. I didn't, I'm new to Discord. I didn't realize some of those things uh, expire. Uh, I had to set it to never expire. So that link's up on our YouTube channel right now at the homepage, on the website, on Instagram. And uh, check the description of all the newest videos to get the Discord link. And I'll see you guys over there. A couple people joined already. So I'm excited about that. That's going to probably continue to grow as time goes on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So tomorrow, we've got a guest, uh, a female Navy sailor, Ashley Figueroa, whose picture is on the screen right now. She was recently on a battle bunker and a, vi a, a video series by Austin Alexander. If you guys follow military YouTubers, you probably know who he is. Uh, he's got an obstacle course channel that he does, a video series. And she, Ashley, just defeated a Marine uh, to win as Navy versus Marine Corps. She won, which is badass, and I invited her on the show. She's t tentatively, as of now, scheduled to be on tomorrow's show, so she'll be the guest for tomorrow's live broadcast. So I want to get on here and make sure you guys knew about that. So we will see you tomorrow for the Ashley Figueroa, famous from Austin Alexander's Battle Bunker episode, where she crushed the Marine Corps on the obstacle course. So we'll get to that tomorrow. Um, if you haven't already checked out the uh, Patreon page or gone to scuttlebuttshow.com and checked out the merch, make sure you guys do that. Best way to support this channel right now is just share these videos, tell your friends, get them on the live stream, get the comments going, get the chat flowing. Uh, I would love to see that. That would be amazing. It's totally free to do. So without further ado, I might not stay on for an hour today, guys, or I might. I don't know. When we get into the flow, you know how it is. I'm sure you guys can hear it in my voice. Uh, it is it is rough. Maybe it's just from talking for two hours a day uh, on, on uh, Tuesday or Monday or whatever it was when we had... Ayo Nixo on, but we're going to get into some stories today because uh, there were some fun ones that I wanted to share, and then we're going to get out of here, and I'm going to take a Sepicol and a Motrin uh, straight, you know, cold pack from the from medical. So pull up my internet here. We had a kind of a fun, kind of a funny story, which was uh, the, the U.S. Um, Air Force in Germany got all panicky, got all, you know, scared willy-nilly after uh, their missile alarm went off. Uh, on their base, which I thought was kind of hysterical. Um, it ended up being a training exercise, but this is like, you know, they, they had the, uh, uh, coincidentally, I'll, I'll get to what happened here, but I'll cover the article real quick. A U.S. Air Force base in Germany recently suffered a potential incoming missile uh, scare after an alert about a launch in European theater prompted loudspeaker warnings of an aerial attack and to seek cover before it was realized to be a training exercise. So on the same day, Apparently, Russia launched four nuclear missile training, uh, uh, nuclear training missiles off of one of their subs. I don't think that they were armed, obviously. Uh, and then the loudspeaker goes off that there was an, uh, an air attack incoming to this Air Force base in Germany and to seek cover. And so imagine being out in Germany um, and you hear this, you know, missile alarm going off, which they do all the time, to be totally honest. Like out here in Okinawa, they do it all the time. Uh, we get the warning. Go take cover if you need to, and uh, and it always it's always training. So we haven't had a real incoming yet, but they test those sirens all the time. Um, <clears throat> if you start getting Twitter notifications, this is not a drill. 
or Facebook post. You know, this is not a drill. It's kind of lame that that's how they like get stuff out. But out here in Okinawa, at least it's all Twitter and Facebook. So the exact military event that triggered the alert to be sent to the Rammstein Air Base in southwest Germany. Have you guys ever been to Rammstein? If you have, let me know. I've been to the airport there a few times. Remains unclear, but Russia's defense ministry did announce that one of its nuclear submarines successfully test-fired four intercontinental ballistic missiles that same day. Maybe that's good training. Maybe uh, how fast can you send the alarm after Russia launches missiles? I don't know. I wonder how fast it was. Today, the Rammstein Air Base Command Post was notified via an alert notification system of a real-world missile launch in the European theater. The base said in a statement post to Facebook, the command post followed proper procedure and provided timely and accurate notifications to personnel in the... Oh, my gosh. What is this? The Kaiserslautern, Kaiserslautern military community. I just watched uh, Inglorious Bastards the other day. Great movie. Working on my German. But the launch was then assessed to be part of a training exercise and not a threat to the KMC area. The base added, noting the situation is all clear. So... Glad that they're safe out there in, in uh, Rammstein. It's probably a very safe place to be. I've been in Germany a handful of times. Told a story about that the other day. Uh, and I've been to uh, Launchstuhl. I've been to Rammstein. I've been to Heidelberg. Um, <clears throat> all good times. Actually, I think we did go out in Rammstein once. On one of our trips out on deployment, we stopped there for a few hours. And we went out to one of the on-base bars. But it was snowing and raining and you know, sleet and whatever. And it was just a mess. Um, some, uh, some Navy news. Some guys, I am struggling. I am sorry. I I know uh, my energy levels are low. Uh, my my voice sounds bad, but I'm struggling. I'm here for you. I'm here with you for you because I want to provide that daily military news fix that you need. So, <clears throat> U.S. Navy investigates potential LCS class wide flaws. Let me pull Safari back up. So, the littoral combat ship, newest ships in the Navy, one of the newest ships in the Navy, maybe the new aircraft carriers in newer, but plagued with problems in their inception like they could not get out to sea they had all kinds of problems so reported failures in a propulsion train on a freedom class littoral combat ships little rock and detroit have raised the specter of a class-wide design flaw that could trigger an expensive reworking of a crucial component on 17 of the navy's small service combatants so basically what they're saying is some kind of problem with the engine could mean that the entire fleet of lcs's needs to be reworked the issue being investigated is whether there is a fundamental issue with the design of the Freedom Class Combining Gear, a complex transmission that connects power from two large gas turbine engines and two main propulsion diesel engines to the ship's propulsion shafts, which propel the ship through the water with water jets. A potential class-wide issue with the propulsion train on 17 ships either in the fleet or under contract is the latest in a long string of issues with the Total Combat Ship Program. Senior Navy leaders have tried repeatedly to set the program aright only to be confronted with stubborn challenges ranging from unreliable engineering plans to glacial development progress on the sensor packages, meaning slow, that would give the ships credible warfighting capabilities. So they have all they have had all kinds of issues. Uh, but I did want to, I did want to, if I'm going to cover this story, to be fair to to uh, LCSs, uh, didn't even switch my cameras. To be fair to LCSs, I wanted to be I wanted to give them a shot, and I found a good story about them also today from the Navy Times. <clears throat> Navy ship interdicts a whole bunch of cocaine. So cocaine is a hell of a drug. Rick James once said this from the Navy Times website. But earlier this month, the U.S. Navy put a crimp in the supply line when it interdicted roughly 6,200 pounds of booger sugar with an estimated wholesale value of $106 million. U.S. Naval Forces Southern Command announced in a release. That's South America. And who did this uh, interdiction? None other than the littoral combat ship Gabrielle Giffords, uh, named after the senator who was, I believe, senator who was shot. Uh, 
was underway when the U.S. Coast Guard law enforcement detachment embarked on board when they intercepted low-profile vessel in the eastern Pacific Ocean. Small boats were deployed to achieve positive control and begin boarding of the LPV, the release states, and helos from HSC-23, which I was at, wild cards never fold, were deployed to provide overwatch. I'm a plank owner. I'm a plank owner of HSC-23, and now they're getting after it, busting coke dealers. A search of the LPV uncovered the drugs in 134 bales, and three suspected drug traffickers were also detained. Interdiction evolutions, no matter how often you conduct them, are different every time. So Chief Boson's mates Daniel Pike of the Gabrielle Giffords. Our team is dedicated to exemplifying the qualities of safe professional mariners during these operations from start to finish. Giffords is deployed to support a mission to counter illicit drug trafficking in the Caribbean Sea and Eastern Pacific. So good for the uh, LCS. Good for the LCS. I'm glad that they were able to <clears throat> get out there and get after it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, get out there and get after it. And... Uh, uh, interdict that cocaine before it made it to the United States. And good for HSC 23. Justin Rice, wild cards never fold. Plank owners unite. Let's go. Let's go. Wild card plank owners. Wild cards never fold. Um, <clears throat> I'm very proud to be part of that squadron. That was a fun time in my life. Proud to be a plank owner. Loved working on helos. Loved that deployment that we did on the USNS. And uh, yeah, it was just awesome all around. So good for them. That's cool. Good for them. Good for them getting deployed on an LCS. Probably pretty chill deployment for them, actually. I bet they're having a good time out there. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to cover this because, you know, just because I'm out here in Okinawa, whenever I see this Okinawa stuff, I know people who watch the show have been stationed in Okinawa or stopped in Okinawa, whatever it is. You guys love Okinawa? <clears throat> well, check this out. If I can breathe and talk. Um, <clears throat> Japanese officials called Marine Corps to curb drinking incidents on Okinawa. So... <laughs> this is from Camp Foster, Okinawa. Local authorities on Okinawa turned to the Marine Corps this week to address a recurring problem. Marines and alcohol sometimes don't mix. Yeah, it's true that. Japan sent represent representatives from national prefectural. The prefectures are like the districts in Japan. To Camp Foster for an unofficial opinion exchange on Monday with Marine Corps installation specific. The subject was a recent spike in incidents apparently fueled by booze that ended with Marines under arrest. That's like every weekend. It's like, it's like every weekend I hear. Not all alcohol-related incidents linked to the U.S. military on Okinawa involve Marines, but they account for their share. In November, the Okinawa Times newspaper reported 10 incidents involving alcohol and U.S. service members. We reported on a few of them here on the show. Half involved Marines, three involved airmen, two involved the Army, eight cases were drunken driving. Don't drink and drive, folks. We recognize alcohol-related misconduct is unacceptable. And our senior leadership is fully engaged and committed to reducing the incidents of alcohol-related incidents. Marine Colonel Neil Owens, Assistant Chief of Staff and Director of Government and External Affairs for the Installation Command, was quoted as saying in the Marine Corps statement after the meeting. <clears throat> I heard that Colonel Owens also said, you want me to fix the drinking problem in Okinawa? Fine. Hold my beer. So, however, Okinawan authorities have charged fewer Americans with drunk driving this year than last year. So that's good. A prefectural spokesman told Stars and Stripes. But but there were those incidents of those guys attacking the taxi cabs, attacking, having a big fight out on the barracks uh, uh, from barracks Marines, then having a big fight out in town. <clears throat> a recent high number of DUI cases spurred the Japan Ministry of Foreign Affairs. Okinawa office to request a meeting with the Marines. The Okinawa Defense Bureau and prefecture uh, spokesman said it was good to have a chance to sit down at the table to discuss what Marines are doing to educate the Marines about DUIs to enlighten us. I mean, I'm going to stop that story right there because I can probably just rattle off what I think about it. Um, when I came out to Okinawa, somebody said, you're either going to become religious, uh, jacked, like going to the gym all the time, or an alcoholic. And, dude, it has turned out to be true. 
it seems like people choose one of three things to do out here. They get drunk, they get fit, or they go to church. And uh, the island's small. You know, you do stuff on the island, but what are you going to do with all your time? People drink out here. People drink. They drink. So, which, you know, that's fine. You know, do it responsibly. Have a good time. Whatever. You're young. You know, do it up. You know, I, I certainly did myself. Um, but don't drink and drive. Don't attack locals. Don't do, don't do that stuff. That's just a one way ticket out of the military and your career really negatively impact your life and just get jacked up. Just general, general Jack D uppity of, uh, making bad choices. So, all right, let me take a sip of water real quick. All right, there's one story that I want to cover today. The whole reason that I got on live today, there were two reasons. Basically one was to promote Ashley's episode tomorrow. Hang on. Somebody's got a question here in the chat. Rowley Jefferson says, how do you feel about the slow driving in Okinawa? Let me tell you something about that. The other day I was on the highway and I was going 80 kilometers an hour. Uh, And I was like, I felt like I was going really, really fast. And I realized I'm going like 50 miles an hour. If I go back to the United States and I'm driving 85 down the I-15 in San Diego, I am going to be scared. I'll probably be pooping my pants. I'll probably be shaking in my boots because the driving out here is so slow and I've gotten used to it that now if I'm even going 80 kilometers an hour or 90 kilometers an hour, I panic. I'm like, how fast are we going? Maybe it's because I'm driving a 1998 Nissan Cube and that thing's bouncing all around. I don't know what it is, but uh, the speed limits have, I've grown accustomed to them and now I don't know how to drive fast. I used to drive 80. I was like in California, 80. That's like Speed limit 65, I felt comfortable going 80. I was like, that's a safe speed. I'm, I'm still safe under control of my vehicle, and I feel like not too in danger of getting a ticket. So 80 was my comfort zone. But uh, did I just admit to a crime on the radio? Did I just admit to a crime on YouTube, on my podcast? Anyway, uh, I would drive 80, but out here, the speed limit's 40, 50 kilometers an hour. Uh, it's funny because on Camp Foster, the Marine Corps base, the speed limit's 50 kilometers an hour. It's one of the fastest speed limits around. Um so I don't know. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. But uh, it's the here's the thing about driving in Okinawa. It's the way people drive. They'll just stop in their lane to take a phone call, like on the road. They'll just stop in the lane, make a phone call, get out, get something from a vending machine, which is on the side of the highway for some reason. Uh, there is like just horrible, horrible driving going on. And that's the thing that really gets me about driving in Okinawa. Um, <clears throat> no rules. People will park wherever, stop wherever. Turn on and off the road wherever. You guys know if you've been here or you'll see. Uh, Carlos Dos Bueno says, it's the cars for sure. Makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, favorite Family Mart snack is the... Uh, so, <laughs> if you guys want to talk about Okinawa, we can. Uh, my favorite Family Mart snack is... Actually, it's new uh, to me. I've recently discovered it. It's these pancakes that I thought were just like silver dollar pancakes, but actually they're like pancake sandwiches and in the middle is butter and maple syrup. And uh, I get down on those. Carlos, what do you drive out here? Are you a sports car guy? Are you a, uh, would you drive in Okinawa? Sports cars or uh, uh, like a March or a Cube like myself? <clears throat> well, you guys answer those questions. I got to try to get through the stories that I want to get to today. Hey, remember, tune in tomorrow. Ashley Figueroa, we're doing that episode live unless I have some kind of catastrophic health breakdown. Uh She'll be on the show from Battle Bunker. That's going to be a fun one talking about why the Navy is better than the Marine Corps and why the Navy's more fit than the Marine Corps, I guess. Nissan Sylvia. I don't even know what that is, dude. I don't even know what that is. So uh, let me let me talk about this uh, great story 
ah, man, this is going to end with the Navy. We're ending with the Navy today. But the USO today announced their military. Oh, my gosh. This ad just popped up. Meet the 2020 USO Service Members of the Year. So the, the USO just announced their 2020 list of Service Members of the Year. And I only noticed because the sailor who won Service Member of the Year is incredible. And we're going to cover her story at the as, as the last one. So let's go over to 2020 USO Service Members of the Year. Maybe next year it's going to be one of you guys. Maybe next year one of you guys will be the USO Service Member of the Year, and I'll be covering you on the show. So all of this, we're going to cover all these folks to get down to the sailor at the end. So Staff Sergeant Nigel Archer, USO Airman of the Year 2020. Staff Sergeant Nigel Archer displayed quick thinking, exemplary, exemplary leadership and heroism while responding to an accident near Comayagua, Honduras, while stationed at Soto Cano Air Base with the 612th. Archer noticed fresh tire skid marks disappearing from the road. He realized that a vehicle had driven off the roadway after being involved in a collision. Jumping into action, Archer slid down the 50-foot wet embankment where he discovered an overturned van with a family of local Hondurans strapped inside. Holy smokes. That's an intense situation. Archer immediately secured the scene to begin extracting the victims out of the vehicle. Despite a language barrier, he created an expedient rescue plan and directed others to call for emergency help. Archer assessed the victim's injuries to help with paramedics, even placing an improvised splint on the victim's broken arm. He then aided with transportation, moving the injured victims up the hill and out of the rain. Archer's life-saving actions directly contributed to the recovery of all nine passengers. Good for you, Nigel Archer, Staff Sergeant Air Force. Sergeant Mary... Oh my gosh, why? Mary... Ehar in um, Weon. I'm sorry for that. I'm just sorry for what I just said. I apologize for what I did to that name. It can't be undone. The name is spelt for listen for those listening on the podcast. This name is spelt E H I A R I N M W I A N. That was not a mistake. That's how it's spelt. So Sergeant Mary, which is what I'm going to call her, was driving to Showfield Barracks Y to conduct physical readiness training. She was not expecting to save someone's life that morning. Sergeant Mary was unknowingly driving behind a vehicle of a soldier from the same unit. Before she knew it, the vehicle in front of her suddenly lost control and rolled over several times for coming to rest upside down on a steel property gate, almost impaling the driver. Ooh, some final destination stuff. Without hesitation, Sergeant Mary pulled her vehicle over and rendered assistance, asking the driver if he was injured. The driver was confused and in pain, but responsive. She then proceeded to pull the driver from the smoking vehicle to get him to safety. She stayed with the driver until medical assistance arrived on site, providing further treatment. Sergeant Mary selflessly placed herself in harm's way to save the life of not only another human being, but also a fellow comrade. She set all things aside and did all she could to aid and assist. She placed the Army's values before anything else and helped the soldier in need. Good for you, Sergeant Mary. Good for you. So, let's see. We got a Mazda Atenza 2002. Somebody's driving that out here. Ending with the Navy. We got to end with the Navy. Somebody said, you ever go to Chi-Chi's? I've never been to Chi-Chi's. I've hardly been out to the bars out here in Okinawa. Uh, I think I've heard I've heard what goes on at Chi-Chi's. I think I've heard. But uh, I've never been out there. Also, shout out to Red Dragon Tattoo outside Kadena. Oh, yeah. Nice. Okay. Where should I get a tattoo? I'm trying to get I'm trying to get tattoos out here. Where should I get tattoos done? I'm waiting for that one to open up in the, in the AFES, <laughs> that tattoo shop that they're talking about putting out here. So... Where's the best place to get a tattoo on Okinawa? You guys tell me I'm trying to finish my left arm here. So let's get back to the USO service members of the year. Petty Officer Second Class Andrew Fleming from the Coast Guard. Don't get it twisted. This is a Coast Guardman. Petty Officer Second Class Andrew Fleming, a Marine Science Technician, was... Oh, my God. How lame of a job. 
was conducting on-water booming operations off the coast of Georgia when a report of a capsized recreational fishing, fishing vessel came over the radio. He quickly directed his workboat to respond and assist in the recovery of two mariners from the overturned vessel. Upon arriving on the scene, Fleming pulled the mariners from the water, one of whom was unconscious, and he performed CPR successfully and resuscitated the unconscious mariner. I hope what they mean is not unconscious but not breathing because you're not supposed to give CPR to somebody who's just asleep. While en route to station Brunswick, he noticed that the other mariner was exhibiting signs of hypothermia and shock. Fleming quickly removed the mariner's soaked outer clothing and wrapped him in his own jacket to retain body heat while transiting to the station. Fleming's leadership and extraordinary ability to make quick decisions during the critical situations resulted in two people recovered, including one life saved, demonstrating remarkable devotion to duty at the height of COVID-19. So I think what they're saying is, uh, you know, this guy gave CPR. Funny, I was just thinking about this yesterday. Gave CPR, even though he was at the risk of getting COVID-19. So, uh, my computer froze there for a second. Uh, program, he safeguarded branch personnel from exposure to the virus and planned operations to ensure 200 facilities within the area of responsibility remain compliant. Cool, good for him. All right, let me catch up on these comments real quick. They're flowing. So, Holy Tomo has a private studio. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Give a Marine some beers and crayons and they'll whip up a good tattoo. Uh, yeah, no doubt. I've actually seen some of those. Uh, shout out to these service members. Hell yeah. I uh, The weirdest place I ever got a tattoo was in a hotel room at a Marriott where we were doing some training. And we invited one of our friends, uh, tattoo artist buddies down. We got an extra hotel room basically moved everything out of the way, set up a tattoo workstation. We all got tattoos in this hotel at the Marriott and got, you know, a little tipsy during the process too, if I don't, if I don't say. So <clears throat> moving on to, oh my gosh, we're almost done here and I got to get out of here, you guys. Sergeant Nolan P. McShane, Marine of the Year 2020. Sergeant Nolan McShane's most recent notable contribution took place. Most recent? Who is this guy? Overseeing a training exercise in 29 Palms, California. During this training exercise, McShane supervised a live fire training of 14 crews while simultaneously qualifying as the commanding officer's gunner. That's where you want to be, I guess, in the CEO's helo. As he expertly executed multiple billets, he further proved his leadership and empathy for those Marines in his charge when a Marine became severely wounded. Without hesitation, McShane controlled a chaotic site, confirmed tourniquet placement, and inspected pressure dressings on a wounded Marine. McShane's calm demeanor... YouTube's giving me a warning here about my, my connection rate. I hope that you guys are not experiencing too much of a uh, slowdown here. Let me know if you are. So, McShane's common demeanor, tactical knowledge, and steadfast leadership were critical in stabilizing the Marine prior to air medical evacuation throughout the Marine's recovery. His actions during qualification and the casualty evacuation is an inspiration to all Marines within the battalion. McShane's career has been defined through his charismatic leadership, unwavering commitment to the Marines, and substantial contributions to the battalion's operational success. Good for you, Marine Corps. You got to get a service member to year two. So, Regal says, watch the guy get a tattoo in basic with an ink pen and a sewing needle. That's pretty hardcore. What was the tattoo of, and did he survive? Roly says, how much did your podcast equipment cost? Great question, Roly. If you go back in our YouTube channel to a video from... Probably April, you'll find some podcast uh, tutorials. And okay, thank you. Thank you for the heads up on the connection. Um, you'll find a podcast creation tutorial series. There's like three or four episodes. And I'll probably be getting more into that. But the short answer to your question is about uh, $1,200. So not all the gear you see here, like there's lights, there's cameras, there's 
uh, computer monitors and all this stuff. That adds up, but exclusively the podcast stuff, I bought it as a kit for $1,200. So thank you for the question. If you want to see more about how the podcast is made, which actually is a video I need to update and will be doing soon, which I will be posting to the Patreon, you can find it there. So go to Patreon, sign up. If you guys haven't already, if you want to support this channel, that's a great way to do it. If you become an elite patron, you get a free t-shirt on your second month. So consider that. Look, look over there. The link's in the description of this video, patreon.com slash show. Thank you for the heads up on the connection again. And Regal says it faded completely by the end of the cycle. Yeah, I mean, it probably didn't go too deep, right? What was it of, though? What was it of? Was it of uh, something army or something else? So we have the National Guardsman of the Year, Airman First Class Sikander Raman, exemplified great bravery and calm demeanor during an off-base motor vehicle crash near Hartford, Connecticut. There are a lot of motor vehicle incidents here. Near Hartford, Connecticut, an off-duty police officer wrote to Connecticut Air National Guard to recount Raman's immediate actions while eating lunch at a restaurant. Police officers heard the restaurant's owner yell for someone to call 911. Before the officer could exit his seat, he witnessed Raman running for the door. As the officer chased Raman out the door, they witnessed a motor vehicle flipping sideways down the street and coming to a final rest on its roof. The still occupied vehicle was yelling for someone to get them out before it burned up. That's scary. That is scary. Raman drove... Dove onto the ground, carefully pushed the airbag away, and gently removed the occupant from the vehicle. A motor vehicle on fire is scary stuff. He remained on the scene, keeping the victim calm and rendering first aid until medical personnel arrived. Without Raman's presence and heroic actions, the driver may not have been removed in such a safe and timely manner. His courageous efforts resulted in the saving of civilian's life. So, let's see. Carlos says, a wiener? It might have been. Justin says, bro, doesn't the extra spicy ramen out there uh, clean and cure you out? Japan food was awesome when I did assessments out there. Let me tell you about the extra spicy ramen out here. If I even go, let's say the levels are 1 to 10, I can tolerate about a 2, and then I'm done. Some of these places have level like 5,000. It's inconsistent. You know what I mean? I tried to ask for a 2 at a place where they're like, well, it's 1 to 1,000. Do you want 2? And I was like, probably. I probably do. Just no spice at all. So when I go to Coco's, I get mild, if that answers your question. I am stating now publicly on the Scuttlebutt Show that I eat mild Coco's ramen at fear of what that stuff will do to my gut. So uh, I hope that that answers your question. And yes, if you are congested, though, it'll clear you out right away. One bite, one whiff, one whiff of some spicy ramen out here, and you're, you're good. You're totally good. Um... All right, before we get to the sailor ep the sailor one, one more time, because I'm going to do this cover to sailor. We're going to spend a little bit more time on it. And then because it it's cl hits close to home. This last one hits close to home. Volcano ramen level 1,000 sucks. Yeah, volcano ramen is what I was talking about. So if you haven't already, subscribe to this channel. Share these videos. Tell your friends about this channel. Scuttleboatshow.com. Get some great merch. Uh, subscribe on the podcast. Head to our Patreon page, become a patron. Head to our Discord, join the Discord, Discord get in the chat. Uh, and then you can also uh, find us, you know, on, you can watch the replays of all these videos and you can hit me up on social media at the Scuttlebutt Show. Thank you and I would appreciate if you guys do that. If you're tuning into the show every day and you want to support the channel, that's the best way to do it. Get yourself a shirt, get yourself a Patreon account. So, and join our Discord where we got a fun chat going on. Already starting it up. So, and that's totally free. So the last story here, the sailor, let me turn it off real quick. The sailor who we're about to cover on the last uh, story of today as far as USO service members of the year. She, okay, let me, let me back up. The Coronado Bridge, okay, San Diego, California. 
If you've been stationed or spent time in San Diego, even if you've flown in to San Diego airport, you've seen the Coronado Bridge, this beautiful windy bridge that goes up and over from mainland San Diego, from downtown San Diego to Coronado Island, home of North Island, home of Buds, home of the Navy SEALs, home of Hotel Del Coronado, Coronado Beach, named number one beach in America a few years ago. Great stuff. And uh, <laughs> clear out your insides too. That's right, Carlos. Uh, so, so it is a very famous bridge. It is plagued with suicides. Okay. People drive up to the top of the Coronado bridge and they jump. I've known people who've done it. Okay. It is, it is a famous way to kill yourself. Uh, we talk about suicide. The veteran crisis hotline is linked in the description, description down below. If you or someone, you know, struggling with depression, mental health, suicidal ideation, please reach out for help. Don't wait. It's never too soon to get help now or to intervene. If somebody, you know, is going through something, but now the Coronado bridge is a famous place where people go They drive to the top, they park, they get out, they walk to the edge and they jump. Uh, they've talked about putting nets over the side, all these things they can do. Every other light post on the Coronado bridge is the suicide hotline. It's a very serious problem. Now this last story of today, I saw it when the Master Chief Petty Officer of Pacific Fleet posted it on his uh, on his Facebook feed. But let me pull it up here. It is uh, Lauren Singer. So, Petty Officer Lauren Singer, congratulations to USO Sailor of the Year, Petty Officer Third Class Lauren Singer. She displayed quick thinking in incredibly difficult situations. She was traveling over the Coronado Bridge near San Diego, California, returning to her on-base residence on uh, North Island when she noticed a stranded motorist outside the vehicle. Singer asked if he needed any help, and the driver responded that he was fine. Something in the manner of the driver's response triggered her intuition and made her feel that something was not right. She noticed the driver putting a rope around his neck. Think about that. She sees this guy putting a rope around his neck? That is... First of all, I've never heard of somebody even doing that on the Coronado Bridge. Like, what was his plan? To hang himself off the Coronado Bridge? Um, where was I? That's crazy. So, as he was putting a foot on the barrier to jump over the side, Singer rushed to his side, pulling him back. Think about the, the danger that she's putting herself in. I want to describe this to you. The Coronado Bay Bridge, I'm assuming near the peak, hundreds of feet above the water. She's on the edge. She has no safety she doesn't know who this guy is. She doesn't know if 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 he's uh, going to attack her. He doesn't know how, how violent he's going to be or aggressive. She goes up and grabs him. She goes up and grabs him? Really? What? So that is terrifying. He's, he, he's, she pulls him back, startled. She grabbed him and asked what he was doing. He coolly responded by saying that today was the day he was going to die. But she's not going to accept that. She's not going to accept that. She's on, on the scene. While Singer was holding the driver, she noticed a knife on the barrier ledge. So he has a knife. He has a knife at this point and a noose. I'm assuming tied up as a noose, the rope. Uh, and she's wrestling with him to save his life, this stranger at her own personal peril on the edge of the Coronado Bay Bridge. If you've ever done the Bay Bridge run, it's like the only time you can walk over the Coronado Bay Bridge legally, and you stop at the top and look over, no joke. It is no joke, okay? So she cut the rope from around. She cut, grabs the knife, 
cuts the rope from around his neck, drops the knife, and kicks it underneath the car. She then identifies a gun in his pocket. Can we pause here for a second and talk about how many options this guy had for offing himself? Like, you always wonder, like, people talk about suicide attempts and calls for help, but he shows up with a knife, a noose, and a gun. Like, it's, like, what is this, Clue? Like, are, are we, are we, are we watching Clue? Like, he had a backup plan to the backup plan. He might have had a hand grenade next. Did he have a grenade in his pocket too? There was, there was, there was no doubt in this guy's mind that he was going to finish the job that day. Well, uh, she noticed a knife, so she... Uh, so she she identified a gun in his pocket. She removed the firearm and directed other stopped motorists to lock the gun securely in the trunk and call nine one one. This is this is totally crazy. She stayed with the suicidal driver until the California Highway Patrol arrived, which probably several minutes later. Singer's willingness to assist a stranger undoubtedly resulted in saving his life. I would say, Petty Officer Third Class Lauren Singer is a great example of a young leader, and we need that we need in our Navy. Intrinsically motivated, calm, under pressure, committed to others. Holy smokes. Good for you, Lauren Singer, Petty Officer. I would love to get you on the show. If someone out there knows who this person is, I would love to interview her on the show. Because this is one of the craziest. I'm glad that they say, that the USO decided to save this story for last because she is an incredible sailor. First of all, I want to really, really leave no doubt in your minds the danger of being near the edge of the Coronado Bridge. The, the, the ledge is probably three feet high. You're going, it's thin. You're going over that thing, no problem. You're going over that thing, no problem. This guy decided to throw her over the edge or fight with her. There is a really good chance that that's going down like that. Uh, it must have been terrifying. Then she sees a knife. Then she sees a gun. And she doesn't run. She doesn't flee. She handles it. That's courage. That's courage right there. This is like not just rescuing somebody from a car accident, which is great too and very heroic. This is putting yourself in real danger, a real threat from another person who's decided to end their life, like in the most dramatic, you know, uh, 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 tragic circumstances that you could possibly imagine. Like they're, they have nothing left to lose. And you go out there and you're going to put your life on the line to rescue them. That's Bravo Zulu all day. I got a Bravo Zulu that all day. I'm so glad that I found out who this person is and know this story, and I want to get her on the Scuttlebutt Show. Help me find her. Get her on the Scuttlebutt Show. So, Justin Rice, probably people survived the fall. Yeah, people have survived the fall. And then you go to jail for uh, attempting suicide. A.O. Nixo, been really sick today. Bro, did you get me sick? Did A.O. Nixo get me sick? Um, Wait a second. Did a Marine from Cam Hansen get me sick? That's not good. We got to talk later. Ayo, Nixo, DM me. We got to talk later. Rigo, LOL, obviously his heart was, wasn't in it. Lauren, 100. Yo, Lauren is 100, 100%. I agree. So, <clears throat> Coronado Bridge, that's scary high, Ayo, Nixo says. It's scary. It's really scary. It's really high. It is not good. So, um, I want to uh, let you guys know about that story because that's a big one. That was a big one. And... Uh, Bravo Zulu to her. I'm really proud of Petty Officer Lauren Singer. So where's Bob Lazar? When's Bob Lazar? He'll never come. Bob Lazar will never come on my podcast because uh, because he knows I'll out him. He knows I'll ask him and uh, he knows I'll out him. But we got to get the message out there. I'm glad that you guys remember that because if anybody's trying to BS you about where they were stationed, what it was like, being on a ship, whatever, just ask him what the bathroom was like. 
you'll know right away if they're telling the truth or lying. I'm glad I could leave that piece of advice with you guys. Look, tomorrow is uh, tomorrow is Ashley Figueroa, Battle Bunker. Today was USO Person of the Year. If you haven't already shared this video, this series, get people on it, guys. Get people on it. Join the Discord. Join the Patreon. Buy some merch off the website. It does ship to Japan. If you're out here in Japan, it does ship. Um, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I feel like trash, like straight garbage. So I'm going to be signing off here in a minute. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. That's why, you know, bear through uh, feeling sick to come on the show and do the episode. How's the weather in Okinawa? It's cold right now. Hey, really quick speak. It's cold right now. Um, it's been raining every day, so it's uh, not been nice. But this is tis the season. It's still probably 50, 60 degrees, though, so not too bad. Still, when I say cold, it's like cold for Okinawa, but not cold in real life. Um, I got to get off. I got to finish the show. If you guys want to check it, if you guys missed some of this, it's going to be on the YouTube channel. You can go rewatch the replay. It'll also be on the podcast later today. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow real soon. Find me on Discord, Instagram, whatever it is. I look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow. I'm out for now.